House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run Podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin. He's Jason. I got a got a message from a longtime listener a couple days ago, Jason, and I wanted to share it with you. Please. And that person said, the trials just aren't the same without daily House of Run podcasts. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's also not the same not being there in person. I'll say that. Like, as after doing that once. Correct. You know? I'm like a guy who, like, went to Italy once and is like, well, I can't drink American coffee anymore. <laughs> what is this wine that you have in my face? Yeah, come Get on. on. This is... Your palates are unrefined. <laughs> I went to every trial since 08. So this is really weird. Yeah. And I'm watching the main feed, too, so I'm getting to see all the features ahead of time and all the human interest stories and all the anecdotes that they throw out there and it's just i've obviously seen that with other sports but to see it with track it's really interesting of hey here's john donovan razor fishing well that's that's kind of neat and all right here <laughs> eleanor purrier st pierre's from a dairy farm in vermont allison felix has a, a daughter and on and on and on and on and you get all the stories it also i'm getting more nervous watching on TV than mm. I was when I was watching in person because the build it's just so dramatic. Yeah. And I know we have the world championships and there's big meets all the time, but there's just something different about the Olympic trials in terms of the the, the stakes. Tim Layden wrote a piece this morning and used the word what do you use? Enervating, I guess, as a way to describe it. Which look that one up, kids. Yeah, I, I was like, it sounds made up, but it <laughs> Tim Layden did it. I trust him. It, here, I'll get you the official definition here. Uh, sounds ca- like it sounds like a Jason slip, honestly. Like if we're being honest, <laughs> cause yeah, a made-up word that J- yeah. Jason was going for two different words: and motivating just, and energized, and he just did enervating, causing one to feel drained of energy or vitality. Oh, okay. Like weary, weary. Yeah, I, that's how no, I get. Like, like you're so yeah, you're so hyped up that it, it, it like it's physically draining yeah I've, I've been there yeah and that's how it feels but when you're there and you're getting caught up in the, the spectacle it's just different than when you're watching on tv and it feels like you've tuned into a drama and it's it's tense and it's in in its own right there uh like we mentioned the email address house of run at gmail.com is the email address big shout out to the deer district by the way we'll we'll do the bucks recap at the end i want to talk about the trials first jason yeah trials are too important but uh bucks advance good enough Eight to go. Eight to go. Shout out to people emailing me about the Bucks and me responding in the middle of the night because all I wanted to do was talk about the Bucks. But so we're going to do the first four day recap. We're on the rest days. First of two rest days. We're recording this on Tuesday and we have another day off on Wednesday. You know, in 2016, this was hammer time, Jason. And this was the precise yeah. moment when you and I watched Randall Cunningham watch the hammer throw. That's right. <laughs> and it was a life highlight for me. Without question. I mean, you, you, you know, Eagles fan growing up, that mm-hmm. had to be, that was big. It was big. A bigger Eagles fan than I was a hammer throw fan. But I, I just marveled at that spectacle and I said, look, track, it's magical. And then at the end, we'll do the next four days preview. So the Thursday, Friday, 
Saturday, Sunday section, which includes the 200s, the men's 15, the women's 8, the women's high hurdles, or sorry, the women's low hurdles, the men's high hurdles, the men's uh, low hurdles as well, and the steeples, women's 10. So there's a lot to get to. Let's get right into it. What's been the top story for you so far? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got to be Brazier for sure. Um, It was, I mean, he was not like insanely impressive this year, but it looked more like just like, hey, I'm the best in the world. I don't have to put forth like Mm -hmm. my biggest effort on every race. Like, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. You know, I'm going to peak it for Olympics because that's that's where it matters. And um, so I didn't think anything was wrong with Brazier. I had no reason to really mm-hmm. believe anything would be would be wrong with Brazier, but um you know, this wasn't like hey, Clayton Murphy runs 143-1, you know, Jewett just comes out of not out of nowhere, but like runs such a crazy race mm-hmm. and, and Hopple, like like all these guys ran 143-5 and he got missed out. It was like, no, he finished last. And so obviously, you know, he said he wasn't 100%, but still, you know, the guy who was hey, this guy's the best in the world. Um, the favorite for gold. If he doesn't make the team, I think that's a, you know, that's, that's got to be the lead story. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jace. I looked mm-hmm. this up. I don't think Brazier's lost to an American since the 2016 trials. Wow. Yeah. I, I, again, Probably, yeah, right? I'm not counting the 17 heats. I'm not counting that because yeah. he, went on to, he went on to win the 17 title. But his season in 2016 in the 800 ended at the trials. So he didn't race at all in, in Europe, and that was right after he had gone pro. So that was his freshman year at A&M. So he basically went this whole run without, you know, more than, basically more than an Olympic cycle because it got pushed yeah. back a year. And he had some losses to international competitors throughout that time, Saruni, Career, Amos, etc. But He's never had a race like this. I'm also I'm not counting the DQ in the world indoors in 2018 because I've mm. disqualified that entire meet from my memory. <laughs> but other than that, of you know, other than that, he really hasn't had a a bad race like a race yeah. like this where the bottom completely fell out. You could talk about 17 worlds where he didn't make it out of the semifinals, but okay, that was a step in the right direction. The year before, he doesn't even make it out of the first round now he's in the semifinals he's only one year out of college not a terrible result but he was always he wasn't donovan brazier at that point right like i mean he was right indoors outdoors though he was always in the top three and usually in the top one in the last couple years 2019 he has some early season losses he he loses at the milrose games but he runs the american record then he goes to doha he gets third but again it's the international competition and then he wins everything from there on out. 2020, season was weird, but he goes undefeated, including a 1500 where he ran 335. We had never seen him be under this sort of pressure or duress because even in those races where he was losing to people like Career or Saruni or Amos, he was always in the mix or right there or overperforming. Right. Like we've never seen an underperformance from him since the very, very early part of his career. And I'm with you. I default back to the injury 
and he won't talk about it, so we don't know. All he said was that he's not 100%, and it was a shitty race, but it wasn't anything he couldn't overcome. And he his quote was basically, you know, great athletes figure out a way to get it done, and I didn't, so that tells you I wasn't good enough. And I was like, man, that's rough on yourself. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, and he, I mean, he was, you know, he finished last I'm sh- he shut it down, obviously. He sure, was in, sure. He was in fourth, like coming off the coming on the final turn, but it clearly his legs were gone. You could, yeah. I mean, watching it, he was going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and of, you know, I can't imagine the disappointment that's going through his head at that point. So not gonna, not gonna, not gonna worry about that too much. But it still was just like, I mean, he should run. You know, I mean, it was one forty four one to make the team. That's that's yeah. not easy necessarily. Um, you still expect Donovan Brazier to be able to do that pretty easily. Um, yes, but yeah, it was just weird to see. I mean, he was, you know, he was kind of jostling throughout the race, like never looked like he was super comfortable. Yeah. Um, but it, it never crossed my mind until literally like one thirty to go that it's just like, okay, here's where he should be accelerating and he's getting passed. See, I thought it was a little bit earlier than that from 200 to go to one fifty to go. It was basically curtains. Like when he couldn't respond to the Murphy move yeah. and then, and then you saw Jewett still way out there and you saw Harris gaining as well too i just thought this is not this is not brazier and all of the rumors and he was questioned about it after the first two rounds are you healthy are you healthy and he gave really short responses <laughs> to it which was maybe a hint and then angles uh posted something on instagram afterwards said that brazier had been battling something for three months again he didn't go into any more specifics after that but it's then it starts to make sense because yeah there was this quote that he gave afterwards about he didn't have a race plan going in that people latched onto as being an issue and trying to attribute this to some sort of tactical mess up no he wasn't in shape like it look if i was no tactics that could have hurt made brazier not make the team okay good and tactically he wasn't that bad because if i was going to design a race for you in which donovan brazier was going to succeed it would be close to him going out in 51 flat and he's in second chasing Jewett, who's essentially serving as a rabbit in that race. Like this yeah. was set up if if Brazier was full Brazier, this would have been a 142 race because you had a ideal perfect yeah. perfect setup for him with Jewett agreeing and wanting to go out and run that hard from the front. 50.6 was Jewett from the gun. Brazier a little bit back, but 51, he was in fine position. Like 200 to go. He's in the lead. And then Murphy makes that move. And like I said, no response. And then, you know, Otto caught it right away. And it was like, Brazier's in trouble. And then... Yep. Because... And they spent the entire lead up just talking about how great Donovan Brazier is, which he is. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I don't, bl- I don't blame them for that by any means. But it was just like watching the broadcast. And it's just like every second is just like... And every going every commercial break, even throughout it, was just like, get ready yeah. for Donovan Brazier. And it's like, oh, yeah, they <laughs> it's did just the- hard. They did the fishing package. They sent all the way. They sent yeah. someone all the way out there to hang out in the river with, with Brazier. Now they're not going to get to use that stuff for for Tokyo. And Murphy and Jewett ran phenomenally, right? They both go. Oh, absolutely. They both run. I mean, Jewett especially hanging on to the last 30, 40 meters there. I kept waiting for it to completely come apart for him, and it didn't. And Murphy ran the third best time of his career at a perfect opportunity. Uh, at, sorry, and, at, I mean, at we haven't seen moment. that Clayton Murphy in a long time. What's that? We haven't seen him run like that in no. years. No, we haven't. Like, years. And, <laughs> but back to your point earlier, 
those two performances could have happened and Brazier still could have made the team if he was just a C-plus version of himself because he could run 144 low. And I guess then you'd say a lot would have bumped Hopple off the team, which nobody would have predicted. But Hopple didn't look that great either. No. 144.14 uh, for him you know, get, beats Harris, who ran 144.58. Harris has got a little Ben True now in him, I think. I mean, he made yeah. a team in 2017. But he's just he always he's like always in the mix, always right there. I feel like he's just on the outside looking in. Long story short, though, I think again, if we had a hundred percent Brazier, if we knew more about him throughout the lead up, we would have viewed this race entirely differently. But then, yeah, I still would have picked him probably. But I would have at least we would have at least talked about the possibility of hey, what's going to happen here? Um, so how do you view? So say so it's been if we're going to take Engels's word from it for it which okay so that's three months ago which would mean march so that would mean after he ran so he ran 144.2 indoors to break the american record which seems like yeah seven years ago yeah then he didn't run again well he ran a 1500 in eugene in april so that theoretically is when he's still dealing with the injury and he ran 337 and you can say all right well 800, 1500. He didn't have to dip into that level of speed, so he could have been pushing. 337 is nothing crazy. Yeah. You know, it's whatever. he's run 335 before. Then in a month later, so he waits another month to race, and in Portland he goes 145.09, and that's the one he barely beat Lopez. But he runs 145. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking, okay, through the rounds he'll get better. I think he was probably in that same type of shape here, and. The reason he didn't run 145 in the final is it's his third race in four days. And as you mentioned, once it was clear he wasn't going to get it done, he just he fell apart on that yeah. last part. Because 145 yeah, he, ran 140, he went 145 flat in the first round. So yes. he yeah. was in that shape, which also, again, 145 is not going to get it done um, in this race because it was, it was good and deep. Um, so, yeah, he just, you know, it, it's... I believe there was something wrong with him. It just makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's obviously wasn't like the, hey, um, shut it down for three months type of injury, but it seemed like whatever it was yeah. lingering, you know, it, you all know it takes. It, this is a good, this was a very good final. And yeah. they said regular Brazier, even 90% Brazier is still plenty good enough to do it. Um, but to go, you know, to dip into 143s, which is basically what he had to do, um, you gotta be, you gotta be close to right. You know what this reminded me of was 2019 Norman a bit. Now I was a little, just gonna say exactly the same thing. Now he didn't have the 43, 45 type performance in April, but I, well, I guess yeah, you if, you, say, if you call his indoor. Yeah. 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 I guess you, I guess you could. Well, and we had seen him run that fast before, whereas Norman, it was, it was a PB. Yeah. Uh, so Norman goes to, you know, gets beat by Curly at USA's. So, okay. Things are, but he runs 43 something. So we're like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And then picks up an injury that he doesn't talk about, and he runs some Diamond Leagues, and they're fine, but nothing spectacular. And then you know he didn't even get through the round, so it's a, a little bit different scenario. But he was running at the World Championships and not just yeah, the trial. Wouldn't have made it through the rounds, I don't think, if he was in this shape at the Olympics. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, though. The margin is just too too small at this level. It it also. Reminds me of what I heard Jenny Simpson say yesterday after the 1500 meter final. Basically, you needed to be in four flat shape to contend, and I'm not in four flat shape. Like Brazier yeah. needed to be able to run 144 
and he could only run 145. Yeah. And and that was it. That's the story. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's it's a bummer for sure. Um the US still has a really good team. Um Yeah, this is Clayton wide Mur- open if, now. If you have low 143s Clayton Murphy, like he is back to Olymp- Olympic uh, or just medal contention, which, you know, it's not crazy. It was just like I hadn't really seen this Murphy in a while. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure where he was at, but he looked really, really good. Isaiah Jewett was <laughs> awesome. Like, just to do that as a college kid mm-hmm. in the Olympic trials is just so ballsy, and I love it. Like, it was just like, I'm running away from this field. And runs 143.8, so PRs, um, awesome for him. And like I said, Hopple didn't look like he didn't look like the second best in the world. Like mm-hmm. we were possibly talking about him being, um, but you know, he's got what he's got time now to get, yeah, to get, to get right. Um, that's, that's three guys who will, who should make the final. He also is younger than Isaiah Jewett. <laughs> that's crazy. Which I did not. No, I would not have thought that. Just to give you a indication of how quickly things change at the end of May, Clayton Murphy, May 21st to be exact, Clayton Murphy ran an 800 in New York and ran 147.2 and lost to Jesus Lopez, Vincent Crisp, Alex Amakwa, Adoise Ebedine, Quamel Prince, and Eric Sawinski. There's a reason I didn't pick Clayton Murphy to make this team. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could say upside was always there because the dude's won a medal before and he's still mm-hmm. young, but like... I just it was one of those things where I was like, why, why, why would I pick Murphy? Like he's he's a total wild card, and yeah, well, I'm glad to see him back. It's just interesting the way the whole idea of picking around these trials goes, oh, for sure. because it's well, you didn't believe me. Well, what have you done, right, <laughs> to prove that? Because on the flip side of things, you could look back and be like, well, this person didn't run at all, and then they went out in the first round, so that makes sense. Or yeah, they were giving us all these signs, like Simpson. She was giving all the signs that this is who she was as a runner, but yeah. it's Jenny Simpson, so you give yeah. her the credit and you make the pick. But if you didn't pick her, then you and, and she did do well. It's well, why would you doubt Jenny She's Simpson? Jenny Simpson. Yeah. A similar thing here with Murphy. The, he ran one forty eight indoors, then ran a one forty five at at Mount Sac earlier in the year. That was May May 9th, and I believe that was the race he lost to. Hopple, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, Hopple ran 144.9, then Saruni, then Murphy, who just edged out Harris. Then, as I mentioned before, he runs a 147. Now, he also ran a couple 1500s, but they were 339 and 338, ran some road miles. That's why people are saying he probably has a better chance in the 1500 of the mile because he ran really one marquee race outdoors, lost to Hopple, and then ran 147 and lost to a whole bunch of people he should beat. So, of course, he's not going to get picked just because we, we're not at training, right? We don't see right. the data of, of the, the workouts. So a lot of this, you know, they're not playing 82 games a year. They don't have a first-round series that you can really dig into where they go to the max. They have these heats, and you could look back on his heats and say, oh, well, maybe there was something we could see there. But as you mentioned, Bajor ran 145 in his heat, and – it didn't help him at all. Yeah. You're right though about the metal potential. You could see you could see gold from from these guys. Any one of any one of these guys. I mean, Jewett would be a stretch, but we just saw yeah. we just saw Hopple, a college kid, 
in 2019 do a crazy long season, an even longer season than this one's going to be because that one went into freaking October, and he got fourth at Worlds. Yeah. And if there's no person there who's going to go full Rudisha or full Brazier 2019, then this thing is wide open for uh, you know someone from Kenya to pop in there. Maybe seven Polish guys will make the team. Yep. It's wide. It's wide open. Lopez. I mean, there's a lot of people who could, who could uh, have a shot at getting a medal in the 800. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. It's a bummer for Brazier. He'll be back. I'm not. You know, it's it. It, it sucks to lose out on someone who's that good. Um, it's got to be but, devastating. You know, it's got to yeah, be. Oh, for him. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know it it. Hey, it happens to. We see it. Like I said, you mentioned Norman. It happens to great athletes sometimes. It's just something's not lined up right and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good you are if your body just doesn't quite respond and the other part of this is the you know covid pushing back the olympic mean, he was on such a roll and yeah. simpson talked about that as well too and it's weird to, to compare the two people at two different points mm-hmm. in their career but with this i think there's a commonality between them and she said i was rolling in in 20 you know 2020 i was feeling really good i was training great and pushing it back a lot of things happened between then and now and Brazier's young enough and he could adapt and figure out a schedule or figure out a a, a winning formula I think the stuff the injury probably was a fluke thing or something that they obviously did not anticipate or be able to plan around because he's been solid as I mentioned these last last four or five years but you just you wonder oh if this was 2020 and not 2021 what would be different, if anything? And you could play the what-if game with everything in the Olympic trials because there's races being decided by hundreds of seconds. But that's an interesting what-if here. And you dominate the world championships which is and get the American record. It was like the perfect race for Brazier. Yeah. But it's not the Olympics. And I bet he, yeah. would, tra- I bet he would trade two world championships <laughs> For an Olympics, just from the actually, I don't know. I shouldn't say that because I have no idea. I'm gonna ask him that. Hey, would you trade two World Championships for an Olympics? But just in the eyes of the public, and seeing everything that goes into the promotion of the Olympics, having that Olympic gold medal or really any medal versus World Championships, it's just it's hard to compare the scale because it's just so different. <clears throat> I mean, if you want, how about this? Uh, Timothy Cheriut finished fourth at the Kenyan trials. Yeah. And, I mean, for, as of now, he's not on the team. I don't know if they'll change that. Athletics Kenya has a history of being super smart about this, so I'm sure they'll put him on. Um, what would but, you do if you're Athletics Kenya? Yeah, I'd put Timothy... Because uh, they, they don't have the... You know, if you have the U.S. trial system set up, yeah, it's the way you are. If you give yourself an out to give... It's two plus a wild card. Favorite, yeah. For people who don't know, two plus a wild card. put Timothy Chariot on. Yeah, it's not like he finished 17th. He finished 4th. No. He the was dude, right I mean, the dude has been more dominant than Dominic Brazier over the past few years. Yes. And he's was just a, 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 as big a favorite as you could be in the 1500, basically, because, you know, the 1500 is what it is. I don't know exactly what happened in this race that, you know, caused him to finish 4th. Um, Couldn't close. Couldn't yeah, close. which mm-hmm. is, you know, not good for him. And maybe, maybe he's, you know... If you go, hey, he's not 100%, then obviously you don't pick him. But if you tell me, hey, Timothy Chariot's going to be Timothy Chariot in mm-hmm. five or six weeks, then I, I'm going to absolutely do that if I'm Athletics Kenya. But that's, I mean, that's, like I said, just as crazy, if not crazier, than 
you know, the uh, the Brazier situation. Cherry doesn't make the team. Ingebrigtsen chooses the 5,000. Matt Centrowitz defends his gold. Right. <laughs> People would lose their minds. Right. And he runs... He runs that a, would show those college kids. Three, he, runs, he runs 352 in the final to do right. it. Right. <laughs> perfect. They go out even slower than Rio. It would be sensational. Let's stick with the distance. How about that? Women's 15. Yeah. We talked about it uh, in reference to... Jenny Simpson, who did not make the team, so this will be the first time she hasn't been on the team in a decade and a half. Yeah, she's made she's made every team since '07, so you'd have to go back '05. Uh, so first Olympic team in the last four that she hasn't made. Race was won by Eleanor Purrier, Saint Ooh. Pierre, three fifty-eight. I impressive. thought. After sec after the second lap, I thought is she gonna break the American record by herself up here because Corey McGee was pushing her just enough, and Purrier yeah. just was not interested at all in this being tactical. She yep. was not out for a jog at all. She knew that she had sub four speed, and virtually no one else in the field did, and she planned on using it. Yeah, right move. I mean, that's it was really. I mean, got bunched super early, and it seemed like she got. She's the one who got pushed off the track, right? Correct. She ran about four steps off the track. Yeah, but she got like basically checked off. So yeah, it was a know, domino I, thing. Boom, there was boom, nothing. Boom. There was nothing she could have done. You know, I don't know if anyone anyone's takes out there is that she shouldn't. Uh, whatever. But she looked I insanely not, good. I did not see any DQ takes. I'll yeah, go. I hope not. Deep but I just I, I assume they exist. But yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, three fifty eight. The way she the way she closed. Um, I mean that's. You know, metal possibilities. Um, if you can run three fifty eight in the race like that and, mm-hmm. and finish like that, it was super. I mean, just just super impressive. Um, McGee very comfortably in second was was there the whole way, but just didn't have the superhuman closing speed. I mean, she she put two and a half seconds on her in the last yeah half a lap. Yeah. Um, and then Heather McLean uh, just barely edges out for third, and that she got the standard in that race, right? McLean, yes, I. Yeah, I think because I, I, I think I, I, after she finished, I saw her watching the clock to make sure that she had enough to, uh, to to keep her spot. Yeah, I th- well, no, she was four hundred four eighty five, wasn't it the standard four hundred five? Oh, I th- maybe. I think she was. Or maybe looked- she was just because her and her psycho were, were pretty close, but yeah, I think it was not just that close. But <laughs> well, we could tell, I think, but I. She it's hard. Yeah, she had blinders on, so she didn't see where where Osika was in in that final stretch. But yeah, 1500 is always fun. I just, I think it's continuing that trend of aggressive racing that we've seen. Yeah. The last, the last couple it's years awesome. now, the women were always better at it than the men. The men started to, to catch up, not just on the pro side of things, but in college as well. And now you have someone like Purrier who I wonder if <clears throat> Simpson, like part of that was like, Hey, let's not let Jenny Simpson hang around right. because she has her, She's Professor Emeritus in tactics. Absolutely. She's, She's one tenure. of those people who shows up to the graduations and the hat is six different colors. And yep. you look like somebody. sashes everywhere and ropes. And you're like, yeah. I don't know what all those mean. Yeah. Are you in Harry Potter? Like, what's going on right now? And she wanted to take her out of the equation it also could be she's just so confident right now. Yeah. Like, it, I, hey, I'm, I'm just better than everyone. Like, why should I wait around? Yeah. And obviously, Houlihan was not in the race, too. Which changed things. I mean, that's, yeah, which which is a bummer. 
uh, I mean, we talked about that, obviously. But just, yeah, having her and Parrier would have been a, an amazing back and forth to see. Yeah. It seems like so long ago when Houlihan was on the start list anyway and everybody was losing their collective minds. And then... <laughs> that, was, that was the weirdest move. Like, it was just like... Hey man, Shelby's been through enough. Why do you have to just throw her name so a bunch of people can get mad at her for something like that she didn't like it was just like the Federation saying stuff? Oh, I don't know. I'm so confused on what happened because yeah. she she released the statement later and that she said they did do a last ditch appeal, like they were trying to expedite Which of course she did, like the appeal. Right? <laughs> and then she said, Well <clears throat> and if I got denied, there was no way I was gonna try to run and obviously this is just weird though, because <laughs> USATF is basically saying this, the statement is like anybody who's still under appeal can compete, but that opens up the door for a lot of situations. Namely, someone like Alberta South, like he's he's appealing. Like what? Right. Yeah. It's like everyone appeals for what? Everything. Yeah. yeah that's and what? Exactly. What constitutes an appeal? I know there's eventually a final, 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 final verdict, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that situation was. I thought the day before when people are still talking about it, I'm like, she's going to she's gonna scratch or they're going to pull her out. Once AIU released that statement that said, hey, you guys have to follow the rules here. You can't let right. somebody run who's been suspended. I knew that she was going to be out. But it was just a total sideshow of 24 hours of whether or not she's going to run. Because, listen, whether or not you believe – she's guilty or she's innocent having her run under the yeah. condition that there was no way the case was going to be cleared up before Tokyo would have been a horrible idea. Yes. Right. Even if you think she's completely clean, it would have made absolutely no sense to do that. And thankfully it did not happen in the 1500 or the 5,000 or the ten thousand, because I saw she's not entered in the ten or not eligible or something in the ten ten thousand. I, I forgot the exact words that the start list or the status of entry says. But so she's, uh, yeah. She, I guess now she waits and gets the appeal together for the Swiss tribunal, and we wait and see. Oh yeah, it does say scratched on here for the ten k. Uh, any other Shelby? No, discussion? I mean we we I like. I mean we. Be- okay talked about it so much um before it's it's you know it's a it's still a bummer like i said whatever you believe but like i'm not gonna get mad at her for doing the appeal process like that's what you do, oh 100 percent right? in, in this situation right like i mean it's she, like she has yeah. the right but here but here's the thing you've talked about this before you've been beating the drum for like timeline 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 yes yeah like, like let's get the information like give due process but we need to figure out a mm-hmm. way to get this information out, whether it's her or Nasser or whomever, so that way you can know who should be running and who should not be running in these meets. And the whole idea that, okay, but if they're under an appeal, they can still be running. Or just the timeline, just throw out your Google calendar at that point. Like take yeah. any organizational tool that you had and just take it to the trash. Because Well, you don't want the Brianna McNeil situation right right i would think you'd want that clarified before now you want to get the case right because she's facing a five-year ban which Which like houlihan would essentially be a career ender for her yeah but her appeal is before kaz whereas houlihan's isn't see and jace this makes me think i mean what if i don't want to belabor this too much i want to move on to the other events but 
because they said they wanted Houlihan, Houlihan's team wanted the AIU to charge her so that she could appeal. Well, if you use the Rollins case as precedent, they could have brought the charge and then she could have filed her appeal instead of doing it a month ago. She could have done the appeal way later so that way the appeal would still be under consideration and she could have run the race. Am I understanding that correctly? Does that follow? I guess. I don't really understand. I, I'm, you know, Because that not would have been blank. her first appeal. That would have been yeah. the first appeal, but they sped this up to try to get right. her eligible. Which I, yeah, I guess if, and if you think, hey, I'm, I'm going to be clear to this, yeah. you want to get it done. Yeah. So you don't have that, that shade over you. And I'm not blaming McNeil either because it's, you just do whatever you're supposed to do. But it's just this all this red tape stuff is confusing and well, the, <laughs> makes because, it less fun because you can't move the olympics back and you can't move the trials back so you have to work the stuff out around the timeline of these major meets and stuff gets caught in this web of <laughs> bureaucratic timelines and also just hard and fast okay guys we're not going to run the, the 1500 this week we're going to wait six weeks until we do the, the rest of the trials are going to be over and then we're going to postpone it i did see that people were talking about that butch reynolds case from 92 where he was appealing his ban. Yeah. He pushed the 400 back, Jace, at the trials four days. That's insane. Because the the governing body, I believe it was still named IAAF at that point, maybe it was Earth, Earth Sports 1.0, said any, like, initially was like, anybody who races with him is going to be out too. You're going to be contaminated. So yeah, it wasn't right. just about one guy being able to run. It was, no, we're basically going to ban every 400-meter runner in this race if he runs in the meet. So they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa all right, we got to figure this out. So they waited four days <laughs> That's so to, nuts. to run the event. So it can get crazier, just so you know. But that women's yeah. high hurdle race, I didn't know what to expect for McNeil because we haven't seen a race all year because <laughs> of yeah. obvious reasons. And then she goes out there and she gets second to Kenny Harrison, runs 12.51. Uh, makes the team will join Harrison, who got it done on the big stage, Jace. And, yeah, uh, bad Christina, start, but came. Yeah, well, not Christ- bad start, but just okay start. And then it's, yeah, it looked like vintage getting Harrison after that. Yeah, and you know, she's solid with these 12 fours. I'm curious if she can drop it down to 12 three by the time the Olympics roll around because that'll put her in an even better spot, obviously. Christina Clemens gets third just ahead of Gabby Cunningham, who will now be waiting on this <laughs> appeal. Yep. That doesn't involve her at all, but can determine whether or not she's Olympian. Uh, Christina Clemens was wearing Dorito earrings. Amazing. Terrific. I didn't get the – did you get the full story on it? I don't know. I didn't see a – No. I mean, I just saw them, and I was like, that is fantastic. And then I saw her talking to Twitter, doing their thing, and yeah. Oh, talking to Doritos Doritos Twitter. Yeah. How – what place would – because she was Cool Ranch. What place would she have gotten if it was nacho cheese? Ooh. So my favorite Dorito is spicy nacho. Okay. Um, so I think that would have you know added a little little kick there. Um, but man, you know, for me, I'm nacho cheese and, and cool ranch. Just depends what kind of mood I'm in. They're both fantastic. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna go the other way and say she get wouldn't have made the final. What mm. about? Oh, what about salsa verde? Do they still make salsa verde? I think those are still out there. I feel like I the haven't had ones? them in a in a very long time. Okay. You what did you say your favorites are? Uh, spicy nacho. Oh, I see them. So like a darker red. Yeah, they're they they got a little kick to them. They're not okay. quite like flaming hot Cheeto, but like just a little in between that and regular Doritos. It's it's a it's a real nice. Whoa, there's a spicy. Sweet. I mean, come on, Cool Ranch is the best. You're, you're cool Ranch fl- is amazing. 
But I do love the nacho cheese, too. Doritos are fantastic. Okay. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by (laughs) Doritos. Okay, let's go to the sprints now. We'll go back to the five and the ten later. And we got some world records and American records to talk about, too. But we got to get to the sprints. Shakira Richardson. Jason, 10.84 in the semis. Wind-aided. Wind-aided. Pointing at the clock. The last 10 meters. What's that? You said 8-4. 10.64. 6-4, excuse me. And then she goes 8-6 in the final. She points to the clock in a semi, which I absolutely love. I want more people to do this. Yeah. Because we're all thinking back to Bolt in 08, and you're like, man, it would have been cool if he ran through the line. But then he ran through the line in 09, and we got to see how fast he could actually run because I think it was pretty – Pretty good, pretty good uh, metric of bolt peak bolt. But if you do it in a semi, I kind of like it because it's a semi, and you can always go faster in the final if you want to. It would have been nuts if she ran all the way through the line, and maybe she would have run. It would have been wind aided, so it wouldn't have counted. But maybe we'd have seen a five on the clock, right? Which would have been mind blowing, bonkers. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it was. Yeah, in the semi, I'm, I'm more okay with it. Uh, yeah, like you said, out of just curiosity, I, I want to do it. I like how that you said afterwards. Like I will, she will be running through the line in the final, um, <laughs> which I, which I, which I appreciate, you know, it's just because she's this good right now yeah. where you don't want to mess around with losing hundredths or yeah. anything. Right. I mean, like that's, it's not going to affect her making the team. Um, it could affect her against Shelly and Fraser Price. Oh, 100%. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's amazing and, and it was awesome to see. It was a bummer that the, the wind kind of switched around mm-hmm. in the final, um, but still, ten eight six dominated. I mean, she looks, she looks crazy good. Her, her, and and Shelly and Fraser Price is is going to be so good. Yeah, you run through every line against Shelly and Fraser Price. You yes, run you run through the defensive line. You run through the Mason Dixon line. Like any line possible, you find it and you run through it. If you're racing against hundred percent, yeah, exactly. Fraser Price, the I don't know, like the back line. Are there other lines out there? Um, line dancing. I don't know. Uh, I mean, her interviews were great. The tweets were just top-notch all weekend. She's supposedly scratching the 200 as of this recording. Which is a bummer, but fair enough. Yeah, I think everybody's going all in. The men's 200 is is really going to be where it's at. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Javian Oliver and Tiana Daniels make the team. Some drama. Aaliyah Hobbs got DQ'd in the semi on a call that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But then gets added at the last minute and runs the final, which has got to be a tough position to be in. And she ends up um, – what does she end up finishing? Hobbs. She's out of the seventh, so she's going to miss out on the – I mean, she beat two people, which is great. But the relay pool is typically top six, so she's just going to miss out on the relay pool. So English Gardner's in there, Thomas Prandini, and then the three women who qualified individually. I'm just so excited about this event at the Olympics. Yes. That's yeah. – Fraser this is Price, a nice appetizer. Thompson, hurrah! Dean Asher Smith, blessing Okabare ran a ten sixty three wind dated. Yeah, that was. Uh... Which I may or may not be doing an oral history about in ten years. I'm not sure. <laughs> I watched. I watched the video. I mean, the wind was looked like it was ripping, but hey, I've done enough research to know that that doesn't always tell the full story. Just because it looks like it's windy doesn't mean it's it's windy. But if she's in any type of shape, uh, around that type of shape. It's just going to make this the the best women's 100 of all time. And I think Richardson and her tweets and comments, I mean, people are going to be into this race. But yes. And, and I, I think we talked about this years ago with Bolt. 
and we basically said your know, Bolt was sort of a de facto American because it was just so good. That yeah, yeah, he was so popular, and yeah, everybody was cheering, cheering for him. I think this will be an actual. Uh, people will have strong rooting interests either way because I think a lot of people are going to be cheering for Richardson. A lot of people are going to be cheering against her. Obviously, Jamaica is going to be pulling hard for Fraser Price, and Great Britain's going to be cheering hard for Asher Smith. But just the way we haven't seen anybody like uh, Richardson at this level, at least in the the years that I've been following track and field, and now that gets gets plucked and put into the biggest stage in the world. And I really don't know what to expect because I didn't think going into this weekend she's going to point to the clock in the semis. But she did it, and she is just incredibly entertaining. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It was – I mean, she, she's nothing but fantastic for the sport, yeah, wherever you yeah. feel about it. Like, you know, it's just so good. I My wife brought her up. She oh, really? Seen something on Twitter or Reddit or something like that. And okay. was just like, oh, who's the girl with the, the nails and the stuff like that? Uh-huh. She's like, she were, and then she said Flojo, and I'm like, what's happening right now? Um, how do you know all this stuff? Well, but, yeah, so like she's Her entering was... the complete like non-running consciousness. Yeah. So her, correct me if I'm wrong. Your wife Johnny Football mm-hmm. dyes her hair crazy colors too, right? Yeah, it's been a while. She's she's sticking with red for a while, but she used to she used Did to she go orange. Uh, she had like a real bright, bright red for a while. I think okay. she did have green at some point. So she, yeah, she's done some different stuff. So I mean, Richardson does orange. Yeah. So maybe that's why she saw it. Maybe the algorithm on social media knows that Johnny would have been all in. Yeah. On, no, on but she was. She was into the fact that she brought it up. She's like, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, it's about you guys. So it's kind of cool. There's obviously going to be a good piece at some point written about her because she's opened in the post-race interview she didn't it's the first time she talked about how you know her biological mother passed away very very recently um she's obviously got a very very interesting backstory yeah and then and then you look at yeah you look at things like the the nails and the hair and it's like all right well that's okay a little bit of from this era and a little bit from that person and pointing at the clock like i remember carmelita jetter doing that in the four by one. And then you remember, okay, that, that celebrating like at NCAAs when she puts both hands up, that's kind of boltish. Right. And then the way she talks about the sport, that's not even a track thing. That's, that seems like it's more out of boxing or MMA. Like it's, it's bits and pieces of the most entertaining Mm. people all put together to create the most viral (laughs) and attention grabbing cocktail possible. That's Shakira. Well put. I like that. You know, Jason. Sometimes you just you you, you talk for forty two minutes about track and <laughs> just, just stumble you stumble on just absolute poetry, which is what I just did. hundred uh, percent. Uh, men's hundred. You want to talk about men's hundred now? I do. This is fantastic. I'll let you take the lead on this one. This was. I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, I was right. Um, well, at least about <laughs> Noah Lyles. Um, oh, okay. I didn't know you yeah. talked about that. No. So, I mean, Bramell, Baker, felt good about both of those guys. The third spot, I yeah. was I was tor- torn on. Fred Curley, though, I... Yeah, that's where I was wrong. Got it. Got I mean, 986. Um, I mean, three, four guys under 9-9, including Kenny yeah. Bednarik. You know, so a 200 guy, a 400 guy. Uh, Ronnie Baker, who, who disappeared for a year and a half, and Bramell, who disappeared for four years. Um, weird group, but very, very good group. 
Um, mm-hmm. Bromel is the unquestioned gold medal favorite. He has looked ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. I actually look forward to him and Coleman squaring off at some point again um, because I'm not sure there's any gap between those two. Yeah. Um, Baker Baker's looked like he's running a form. And Curly, I know, I mean, we talked about it a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have no doubt he would have made the 400 team as well. Mm-hmm. But worldwide, the 100 is... Like just making this team was the as difficult as winning a medal. I think. I agree. Thank so you. he's like an absolute medal contender in the hundred, and he would have been in the four hundred too. Um, you know, he would have had to deal with with Norman, um, with uh, Steve Gardner, um, Zambrano, Zambrano, Isaac McWalla. Let's throw him in there. Why not? Um, sure. But like, it's. It, it certainly him making the team makes this look less weird, right? I mean, it's it's a it's yeah. a big big win for Curly betting on himself in this way. Could have you could mention Van Niekerk there too, who looked pretty good running forty four forty four five is mm-hmm. huge, and he he was right right there with Zambrano. Um, yeah, that's that's enough for me to get you know, and we still got whatever it is six weeks. He he. The could conversation get, he could get there. is medals. The conversation yeah. is medals. The conversation isn't world record, and I right. don't think the conversation no, no, is gold. Okay, with Curly though, I think you're I think you're right because you look at the men's hundred list right now, and the first non-American comes in at eighth, which is Leo Talila from South Africa, who okay. ran nine ninety four. I definitely have heard that name before. Then you have Lamont Marcel time. Jacobs nine ninety five and. Yamagata of Japan, 995. Uh, then Benjamin Azamati Kawaku of Ghana, 997. Uh, Bing Tian Su, China, 998. Sambine, DeGrasse, 999 and 999. So sub 10 guys this year. Here are the list of guys who have run sub 10 that are, or how many guys that are non US sub 10? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's it. Seven guys have run sub 10 outside the U.S., and nobody has run faster than 994, not from the U.S. It's pointing pretty clearly in one direction. Like, this should be a U.S. sweep. I, I mean, it just, should be, yeah. It's, I'm not saying it's going to be, but no. like, if, you have, if you have this level of dominance at the top of an event and you send three guys who are this good... It's not as if your first person got hurt and something fluky happened at the trials. Like you're sending a solid squad. It should be a sweep. Yeah, no. I mean, it's like you said, there's almost a a tenth difference, you know, between what just they ran yeah. in this race and and the next guy. So, yeah, it's uh it's interesting. And Curly, just the fact that he's run so little hundreds and he's yeah, just at 986 like is is crazy, but that the ha-ha, maybe Fred Curley's a really 100-meter runner, is uh, getting less ha-ha. Um, but I agree, like, now just in this in this question that I'm asking, just pretend Curley is still solid in the 400, that nothing dramatically changed in his, in his, in his 400. Who's more beatable right now, Norman in the quarter or Bromel in the 100? I mean, Norman, it looks like. Right. 
That's that's what I that's what I would. Yeah, do. and again, no, no, and make, that's fair. And I'm I'm excited to see Curly run this 200 too. Yes. Um, and, and speaking of the 200, so Noel Lyles Noel Lyles runs 10:05, basically what he's run this whole year in mm-hmm. his seven different hundred meter races. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about Noel Lyles making the 200 team, but how worried about you are are how worried are you about him winning gold? Well, this is a similar conversation as the 100. If he can be the best in the world, or if he can be the best in the U.S., I, I like his chance. You you figure DeGrasse is a little bit better in the 2 than the 1, probably? Is that yeah, what we're assuming? Right. Yeah. But, but you know, Terrence Laird is still the world leader. Divino Dudu ran 988, and Bud Derrick ran 988, and DeGrasse ran 989. There's only six guys under 20 this year. I think if he's going to be the best at the U.S., I think he'll be fine. But I, I'm are, worried are you, about making the team. No, no, I, I'm not worried about making the team at two. But no, I am. Yeah, I am okay. Because I'll say, but I'm worried about him winning the trials. I'm worried about him making the team, Jason. And I say this as someone who literally said he would bet his house on Noah Lyles winning I, gold yeah. in Tokyo this year on several podcast platforms. Uh, you got Kenny Bednarik, who just ran uh, nine point eight nine. <laughs> in the hundred and has been running amazing two hundreds this season. I shouldn't say amazing. He's been running really good two hundreds. You have Laird who is the world leader this year and is NCAA 100 meter champion. And you have Curly who could figure it out Man. in the 200. <laughs> I know the, he has like, we, we have like almost nothing to go on, but 986 and 43. I, I just, he's oof. the best 20.2, 200 meter runner in history. Right? <laughs> I, I feel very confident in saying that. And then you have, I don't, you know, Norman. I, I don't think he's going to run both, but he's yeah. still entered as of now, and that would worry me. That would worry me. Yeah. I think everybody else. I think the absolute floor would be those four in terms of who could beat who could beat Lyles. Mm-hmm. But there's a very real scenario where Bednarik, Laird, and Curly. Again, I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm no, still but it, it's I'm a still, possibility, which is insane. It the fact, the that, fact it's that it's even a two percent chance of it happening. And the chance of one of those guys breaking through and beating him is way better than I thought it would be too. But I'm yeah, I'm worried like there's actually like doubt in my mind. It's small. It's 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 back there. Right. But it's it's there. I mean he's he tweeted out it could take 1980-something to make the team. He tweeted after that his 200 is going to be disgusting and not to I, worry about it. So Yeah, I saw that. but I like that. I like that confidence. I do, too. But he, and I love Noah but, Lyles. Like, I'm rooting for him. I hope he just goes out there and runs 19.5, and we're all just like, okay, he's not a 100-meter runner anymore. Fine. And I'm cool. But, I'm cool with that. The problem is if you can't break 10 in the 100, right, it's hard to break. I'm worried about how high your ceiling can be in the 200. And... Yeah. Did his start look? His start didn't look that bad. I, I mean, I don't know if it was great, but it didn't look. And he's just not horrible. closing. Like he, he used to. You know, second half of the hundred was obviously he looked way better. Yeah. Um, it's just I, weird. It's, it's very it's, weird. It is very weird. And then uh, Justin Gatlin, we should mention, got eighth. He he pulled up with an injury. Um, so that ends his twenty twenty one. 
Olympic dream, but we'll probably God, see him back in. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he'll still be around. Well, I'm not sure, but he'll probably still be around. But you'd have to think with this much young talent and everything, I, it seems like it's the end of international, like, mm. you know, making mm. teams Gatlin. I think Tops, he's got two more Olympics left. I, I think the window is starting <laughs> to close on him. But yeah, he, yeah. he was in tears afterwards, which usually is an indication of how an athlete's feeling about their chances moving forward. And it was, you don't see him pull up that often. He's been, no, he, yeah, he's been, but it's, I mean, he's defied the odds and people will say there's reasons for that and whatever. That's fine. And yeah, but he's been, he's been a fixture <laughs> for a very long time. And yeah, uh, you know, he's, it's just eventually, yeah, you can't keep running <laughs> like nine, eight, eight or nine, nine, two, you know, to, mm-hmm. to make teams, especially when all of a sudden, everyone's getting really fast and the mm-hmm. depth is, has blown up in the U S but not worldwide at all. It's really weird. We should also mention Makai Williams, freshman from Oregon gets fifth and runs nine ninety one. Yeah. I mean, that was wow. mighty, mighty impressive indoor champ in the, in the 60 and then does it here in the hundred also makes you wonder because Laird beat him where Laird would have been. You know, he's choosing to focus on the 200, which I thought was a good decision. In terms of what are your best odds yes. of making the team, but I mean maybe you do both just because the meet's so long and you can fit both in. But I think his chances are better in the two than in the in the hundred. But for Williams to run that fast, I mean he was right in there. And yeah, Bed Narek, man, nine eighty nine. That's 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 yeah. And that's I, I mean, I'm all for what is hun- you know I, for what is yeah. He's he's gonna look real good in the two. Like you said, the two is and everyone hold on. The two is looking really really good. No, I and don't think you're going to jinx it this year. Here's why. I, <laughs> All these guys, they, like, need it. Like, yeah. L- Lyles no, they, there's it. not going to be a lot of dropouts, right? <laughs> Laird needs it. Bednarik needs it. And I think Curly needs it just to prove it to himself. Like, he's I'm not a 20.2 guy. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I want to make it in two events as opposed to just one. And as we talked about before – Okay, you make it in the 100 instead of the 400. Yeah, I guess you could run the relay, which would be cool. But you did you really relays, improve your chances so. of gold? Yeah. Did you really improve your chances of gold? But if you make it in the 1 and the 2, I think then your statement is complete of like, yeah, I traded one event for two events. Yeah. Individually. And, uh, absolutely. That's a – and at the last possible minute, <laughs> in like one of the just like weirdest moves ever, and I'd have to, we'd have to just go, yep, he was, he was right. Uh, Felix, oh, Allison Felix. Felix. I can't believe it took this long to get to her. I know, and it's only it's how because, good the trials are, though. Yeah, the trials are sensational, and there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to the order that we're doing this in. I just, no. I wrote down a list of things, and we started with Brazier, and then we went from there. I, I think it's a credit to Felix that it's not that surprising. She's yeah, no, I expected her to make the team. I really did. Fifth Olympics, so that's five Olympic cycles plus one year, because this got postponed. Where she's been top three in the united states in either the 200 or the 400 it's just staggering when you think about it and there's people who's i was i was reflecting on allison felix's career jason as i do sometimes about all track athletes and i there's people whose peak was just amazing you know and they have the two or three olympics and they run off a series of golds and that's what we remember them by right and then there's people whose greatness is just it's spread out over a longer period of time and that's obviously what we have here with, with Felix. 
she may not medal in an individual event in Tokyo, but when you look at the event that she competes in and how competitive it is every single time she tries to make the Olympics in the you know in the United States, it's just it's staggering that level of greatness. I I don't use this compliment often, but I, it's kind of Tim Duncany. Mm. Right, like when she, yeah, when, good call. When she when she was at her best, she's one of the all time greats. And even when she was coming off of her peak, she maintained such a high level. Like she was still, she's still relevant. She's still good. She's still able to make teams. She's not one of those people who had the two Olympics and then fell off. Right. She this if you are plotting a performance on a graph, it has just such a long, long, slow man incline that's down. That's such a good poll, and of course you're the one to make it. But man, that's 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 perfect. I was actually literally just going through like different sports, like trying to find the right analogy, but. Mm-hmm. That's it, Duncan. Yeah, I mean, it helps that I love Tim Duncan. So yeah, that's I think about him on a daily basis. And also, who doesn't love Tim Duncan and Allison Felix? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. Very both very low key. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure there's other athletes in in other sports who have been able to, and even in track, you could probably find some examples. You know, here's example A. Here's example B. Which career would you rather have, or which career was better? But with Felix, Allison Felix's. <laughs> Yeah, and she only won one Olympic gold, right, in the yeah. individual event. But she had all those golds in the World Championships, and just the fact that she keeps making teams. Again, this is not this is not some event where the U.S. is weak ever. No, this is not some of some sport that three countries compete in. Apologies to swimming. This is this is the two hundred and the four hundred, and in one Olympiad, the one hundred. Where she's doing this, it's just you think about the odds to to pull this off, and and then you realize why why so many people are giving Felix so much attention for a second place finish here. Yeah, no, no, it's and the way she did it too, like it looked like she was not going to make the team. I mean, she was way back. I mean, she started well, but mm-hmm. then you know that middle 150 or whatever you want to call it like gets pretty back and coming off the final turn she's in seventh yeah i don't know somewhere she's behind and just in like classic felix is like closing closing and it was super close you know so so canary hayes sorry we should probably mention the winner of the race canary hayes 49 7 mm-hmm. excellent but then felix in 5002 jonathan in 5003 and ellis in 5010 um you could tell. I, I mean, on TV, it was easier to tell. I don't, you know, I don't know. If Felix could tell at the moment because they all came fifth? across the line, maybe. like in oh, oh, you mean off the? I was talking about off the curve, like where she was. She looked oh, no, no. fifth or sixth. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. That's what I mean. She was, yeah, she was at least that far back, if if not further. But just like everyone came through like a indoor sixty at the finish, and I was kind of <laughs> like, okay, what's what's happening here? But the way she closed and fifty oh two, and she's still like, I still feel like she's ramping up a little bit. Like I don't think we're gonna get you yeah. know forty nine two or something out of Felix this year, but I think she can go sub fifty. Yeah, I think that's perfectly in their own possibility. The big wild card, if we're looking ahead to the Olympics, is the Namibian women. Yeah, four hundred, hundred percent. Who dropped those crazy times earlier this year? Because they they're holding they're holding the second and third spots right behind Shawna Miller Weibo, and there's a chance Miller Weibo doesn't run the quarter. And we haven't seen Nasser once this year. I was saying, and if you, what is happening there? 
Well, you know, the Red Sea is is parting because then you have a situation where eight of the top 12 marks are Americans. Because you have one from the Dominican Republic, two from Namibia, and then Miller Weibo from the Bahamas. And then you could start having the conversation about, well, may, maybe Felix can medal. I think it's still going to be a long shot because I think some of those people that I mentioned are going to pan out. And Hayes is solid. Obviously, 49-78 is fast. And Jonathan, too, keep an eye on her. She's on the come up, right? She didn't break 51 heading into this meet. And then she just looked better and better throughout the mm-hmm. rounds. And she has championship experience. And she's run under 50 seconds before. And she was just behind Felix in this race. So you can see that order get totally flipped around when it comes time to Tokyo. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, any three of them could be, I mean, depending what happens with the with the high end, I mean, could could be in medal contention. They, should, you know, all easily could make the final, should make the final. Mm-hmm. Should we go to the men's four? Or is there more stuff you want on the women's four? I don't. No, I mean, that's, you know, it was so cool seeing Felix because, like, how do you, I mean, everyone loves Allison Felix. It's just, Mm -hmm. she's just like, there's no reason not to uh, like her and just the way she did it. And like you said, it's just been, Allison Felix is, like, American sprinting for as long as I can remember. And it's it's just, it's nice to see. Yeah. But I I was was wrong. I I said she was going to win the trials and she finished second. Well, no, dude, you need to take, was was that your bold prediction? That was my bold prediction at the beginning of the year, yeah. I was having a conversation with a non-track person who's going to tune in for the trials, and they were like, oh, is she going to win gold this year? I'm like, oh, no, but she could make the team, saying – and I was mentioning it as if it was a big accomplishment. Yeah, the, which it is also. Right, but I don't, I don't think it's interpreted as that because we have – in the United States at least, these, these trials come after swimming trials, and the number is never going to be as big as swimming. Because right. they have 17 events. Michael yeah. Phelps's gold medal count is just is going to be ridiculous. And that's just what it is. And it's basically Scrooge Katie McDuck Ledecky. swimming through medals. Yeah, Katie Ledecky and Ryan Lochte and whatever. <laughs> and I think that's just unfortunate, again, because it, sort of, it, it obscures how different those two tasks are. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying it just to like rip on other sports, but it's just different when you look at... I am. How, We're coming okay. for you swimming. No, no, it's not. It's not close. Uh, but it was because this is a TV show, and because it's being programmed right after the swimming trials. There's just these comparisons that don't hold. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. She made the team. That's great. But she didn't win, and she's not going to win gold. If she gets fifth in the Olympics, it's insane. Yes, she made it. Oh, four. She got a silver. And this is 2021. It just doesn't happen. No. It's it's preposterous and it's yeah she's she's incredible and then there there is a legit if not you know little outside shot at her meddling like it's 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 a realistic yeah. like you don't have to uh, you know make up thirty different things happening like you know three or four different things have to happen yeah and relays too oh yeah relays possibility for two there all right norman in the 400 cruised michael johnson was worried about him after early rounds so he didn't look confident but he still won he still won yeah i'm and michael cherry looks really good like he's this is the best he's you know he's been around for a while man you um, jumped from talked, norman to michael cherry really quickly there right no no like, but yeah, i just okay. I, before i before i jump in norman i was just like i'm impressed with cherry and like he's he keeps dropping i'm i think he's he's got a shot to 
you know, be on the periphery of medals. But Michael Norman. <laughs> Are you worried like Michael Johnson, like the the greatest 400-meter runner of all time? Yes, Are you I'm going to listen to Michael Johnson in this because I have a, I, I, I have a similar thought. Is he a body like, language expert? Yeah, he probably is. I'm going to trust him. Um, he's So either Norman is like, I'm taking the seat. I'm the favorite to win gold. Like, this is mine. I'm, I'm doing the slow build. We're still, Olympics are still, you know, a month and a half away. I got to make sure mm-hmm. I get, get the right spot. I'm not going to peak too early. I'm not going to let what happened to me at the last championships happen again. And I'm working it up. And he runs 4407, which for Michael Norman is, for, for a Michael Norman trials race, he, it leaves you underwhelmed um, mm-hmm. just because of his own standards he's, he's set. So, you know, I, I, we haven't seen a ton from, like, Gardner or the rest of the world where, like, I have somebody who I'm ready to say is a favorite over Norman. Yeah. But if there was someone else who was, like, running really well right now, I, I'd be a little scared for Norman. Like, I still think he's the de facto favorite, but it's just something looks off. It, it, it's a little Noah Lyles, right? Like, I just need something to grasp onto. And forty four oh seven and and beating and, and winning this is is fine. Like it's it's totally mm-hmm. par for the course for Michael Norman, but it's just not there. I don't know. And I'm really ho- hoping, you know, maybe two three weeks he'll be running whatever Diamond League is going on, and he'll mm-hmm. drop forty three seven, and we'll all go. And then okay, what are you say? perfect. Yeah, what are you gonna say then? Then I'll say Michael Norman, and I'll say well first I'll talk about Michael Cherry for a couple minutes, and then <laughs> I'll go to Michael Norman. And then you're, now you talk about Michael Johnson too, yes, because that's, that's what right. I mentioned. Quote, I really like Michael Norman. Huge talent, but he makes me worry. Never looks confident. Never sounds confident. Hoping to see consistent domination from him soon. It's definitely in him. That was at J Halpin. Tw- no, at MJ Gold <laughs> tweeted that uh, on June 18th. I don't. I don't argue with ghosts. I will. I don't. Looks or sounds confident. What does that even mean? He's my, he's a self-deprecating guy. Yeah, he, he which keeps, I like. He keeps I, it, he keeps it loose. Here's, here's what I think about Michael Norman. I'm sticking with this take because I started the season with it when he was running those 44s. As you said, he saw what happened in 19. He's taking it slow. He's putting his foot on the gas. He's pressing down to the floor, but he's not doing it all at once. It's going to be a gradual approach. And I think, especially with Curly out, I think he's supremely confident that he's going to be able to get this thing done. Because, yeah, you mentioned the names. Zambrano, Gardner had that, I, I mean, I don't know if he's healthy. He had that bad he didn't have some sort of injury? Yeah, like I can remember what. Exactly. Yeah, Van, Van Niekerk's in the mix, and then yeah. the two Americans. So excited. The two Americans, don't get too excited. He's in the mix. I'm not saying he's going to beat him. But then you hey, have, he's in the mix. That's exciting. He's got, and then you got Cherry and Randolph Ross, the two Americans. And Randolph Ross, sorry, my family's screaming. It's been tough. No, that's, they, they, got Michael John, they got Michael Norman takes. I get it. <laughs> uh, my kids look confident, by the way. If Michael <laughs> Johnson wants to see some kids that are confident, wait till you see my son. Pick up a bat uh, in baseball. Not like he doesn't go around his car. Like that. <laughs> Ran, Randolph Ross ran 44 the week after running 43. So I don't think I don't think Norman's worried about him in Tokyo. I don't think he's worried about Michael Cherry in Tokyo. I really don't. I think he's completely in control of this event right now. And I think the fact that he's winning running 44s is not. He's winning. And he's winning by a couple tenths, right? He didn't. No, for sure. Like we have to just throw the time out at this point. It's so hard to extent. do in the four hundred. 
It is, but okay. Would you rather have this be twenty nineteen, where he runs forty three but gets beat by somebody? What's better for his medal chances? It's this. Obviously, he won. He came from behind. He looked pretty comfortable through three hundred. Then does a late rush and beats Cherry by almost three tenths of a second. Like that is better for your gold medal chances than losing your U.S. championship, even against uh, stiffer competition, right? Yeah, I mean, he ran forty three seventy nine in 2019 at the, at USAS. Yeah. And, and lost, you know, which when you're on 43, seven and you lose sometimes that just whatever that happens. Um, it's the last time he was sub 44 and I yeah. know 2020 was, you know, a throwaway, but yeah, he ran just, sub 10 that year. Yeah. Which was, <laughs> I mean, every 400 runner should run the hundred is what I learned. Um, <laughs> The hundred meter runners actually aren't that good. It's yes, all just four hundred meter out runners. They're all just failed four hundred meter runners. Um, <laughs> it's just it's been two years since he's broken forty four. That's weird. And okay, he, okay, I'm but, sure he can. I'm not. I'm not really, really worried. If like I said, if Stephen Gardner was out there and he'd run forty three seven twice, I'd be mm-hmm. like a, just a little bit where I'd be like, I don't know if he. I don't think he's the favorite right now. Um, but there's no one who's really taken that that title right now um so i expect norman to be good and and here's my he, he here's could my be point, playing though. this like a wily veteran right now and he's only 23 I think that's what, yeah. and so maybe that's it's just weird to see like a guy who hasn't done it yet like he's been the best in the world for a few years but he you know had the 2019 thing happen yeah um but so it's just it, it's just enough to where i expect him to win gold i think he will but I just, I just want to see, I just want to see one, like one more improvement before, so I can, I can breathe a little bit. I think he is the Wiley veteran. I think he is figuring that he's in a, still in a good position. You talked about no sub forty fours the last two years. Guess how many people in the world have run sub forty four the last two years? Uh, three, one. Randolph Rouse at NCAA's. That's literally it. Yeah. So, oh. in a, I get what you're saying, and we, he may not run forty three mid. It may end up being the most anticlimactic 400-meter final in Tokyo, especially when we thought Van Niekerk and Norman were going to have this race to the death where they're going to run 42 seconds. It may be way. It may be the first tactical 400 we ever see. They might go through the first 300 or the first 200 in 28, and they're just like looking at each other. I don't know. But like he doesn't care about that because he's at the point where it's just about the gold medal. It's 100% yeah. about the gold medal. No, absolutely. And, and – when the only guy who's run sub 44 is a guy you just beat handily, who's going to be coming off this insanely long NCAA season. I just, I think you have to feel good about where you're at. And I think he went into these trials knowing that he was going to get through and same thing with Rye Benjamin, his training partner. I think they had a similar approach. This is an important meet, but it's not the most important meet. We're that confident in where we sit that we're focused on Tokyo, not on Eugene. Yeah, no, that's, and that's fair. And it's, it's, you know, it's just enough, but I, like I said, it's it just, there's, who else is there? Like his biggest competition. But that's my point. Yeah. yeah. That's my point. It, it, I mean, you know, I mean, Fred Curley literally left to it to go to another event and did yeah. very well at it. And then Steven Gardner, who I'm still, still really high on, but I just, we haven't seen him run at all either. So it's hard to know. Yeah. Like who's on that list? Basically you talk, McWalla, Gardner, if he's healthy, Zambrano. Van Niekirk. Van Niekirk. Four? I can't see any scenario where Michael Cherry actually pushes them, so yeah. Four. Like, so this year, McWallis run 44-47. Zambrano's run 44-51. Uh, Van Niekirk's run 44-56. Uh, 
Uh, Karani James has run forty four sixty one. That's right, James. Yeah, but Gardner's run forty four seventy one. So, man, this is crazy. Let me hold on. Let me pull it's this a weird year. Let me look up Best Buy. How many guys have run under forty five this year? Okay, there's yeah. only been nineteen guys that have run under forty five yeah. this year. Okay, and this is the list uh, of non U S guys: McWalla, Zambrano, Van Niekerk, Karani, Gardner. That's five. Dwight St. Hilaire, who ran collegiately for Kentucky, that's six. That's it. There's six sub-45 guys outside the U.S. this year. Wow. Yeah. So if you just say, if you feel like he's going to beat Cherry and he's going to beat Ross, and then all these other guys make the Olympic team, that's who he has to contend with for the gold. Unless you, unless there's some guy hiding in the 46s somewhere, Jason, or 45 mid that I don't know about, like Emmanuel Career is going to go all in and make it happen. But that would be a stunning turn of events. I, you can only race the people that are there, and this yeah. may not end up being Norman's signature season, but it could be his gold medal season. Yeah, that's and all. That's in the, Olympics. the way it is. It doesn't, you know. Overall, it does not matter if he ran 43-3 or. 439 for gold yeah um yeah but yeah i guess it's talking about it's literally just because we had talked about michael norman can he break the world record can he break the american record like what Mm -hmm. you know is he going to rewrite this stuff and maybe he still will still super young and like wouldn't surprise me at all if he if he gets you know back into that slow 43 shape but maybe he's just on that mission maybe it's like noah lyle's 2019 where we wanted crazy yeah and really it was just like eh, he just won gold in a mediocre for him time yes that's a great comp that is a perfect comp let's go to the two longer distance races uh that have completed men's 10,000 woody kincaid gets the win wearing arm sleeves (laughs) in eugene in june uh grant fisher his teammate second joe klecker yeah couple years out of college for colorado gets third Ben True close, gets fourth, but misses out. And then the women's five, Cranny, okay. Schweizer. So a BTC 1-2 there. And then Rachel Schneider in third. Abby Cooper had a uh, really great race to, to finish fourth. And in the semis, she had to run the – she ran the standard because awesome. she thought she wasn't going to get it in the final and put herself in there way outperformed what I thought she was capable of. So that was a very interesting, very interesting set of races for her. Um, not, I don't think too, I think the most shocking or surprising thing, I mean, other than the fact that the women's five just completely came undone and broke my yeah. heart because all the people dropping out and other issues going on with the 15, five schedule. Uh, other than that, I think the big takeaway is LeBong DNFing the 10 K cause that really impacts the five K. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge. He scratched the five K by the way. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, Woody Kincaid, I mean, the way he closed, you know, it was a slower mm-hmm. tactically race. Um and it was hot, right? Um it was. But uh twenty seven fifty three, but he the way he closed was was really good. Grant Fisher, who I thought just going in was like the safest bet. Like he just yeah. runs consistently and good and he finished second. I did not have Joe Klecker, so good for him though. Um mm-hmm. and poor Ben True. Just <laughs> can't catch yeah, a break. Man. Yeah, made some teams, but been in the mix for even more teams, and hasn't made an Olympic team. Galen Rupp gets gets sixth. Yeah, which I, I like. Ted spaced that was like a thing. <laughs> this, yeah, three team points for the Ducks. Runs twenty seven fifty nine. He was he was 
like he was leading at the bell, right? Or just before, or he was yeah, right, right there in at that the bell. mix. Yeah, sorry, he was with with everybody at the bell. Uh, yeah, I guess he was. What's that say? Fourth at the fourth. Yeah, hold on, the, yeah, fifth. Oh no, wait, six at the bell. Like, oh no, wait, six at one. These are one k splits. What am I doing here? Sorry. I thought I was looking at four meter splits. Okay, here's four meter splits. Ooh, two hundred meter splits. Even better. Where was he at ninety eight hundred? No, at one to go, he was in seventh. But he was there. He was at twenty seven. He was flat, right there. Yeah. And Fisher was twenty uh, twenty six fifty nine point seven six. He was right there at the bell. He closed in fifty nine, and Kincaid closed in fifty three. That that was the difference there. So yeah, I don't. Th- I didn't expect Galen Rupp to have fifty three in his legs anymore. No. And then the women's five, I thought once you really looked at it, it was down to four people. Like, I did not have Cooper in there. Credit to her. I had Nor- Josette Norris in there just because she's been running uh, really fast, sub-15, you know, getting PRs in the 15 and the five. So I thought she'd be in her. She f- she faded. It was even hotter yesterday during that yeah. race. But the team of – it became really clear after the semis this was going to be uh, Cranny, Schweizer, Schneider, and then Norris as the big four and then three of them made it or sorry three of them obviously were going to make it but it turned out to be those three plus cooper in contention and there was a what a 16 second gap between <laughs> between fourth and fifth in this race it was it was strange i guess that's a testament to the weather too yeah it was you know it was kind of grouped together for definitely the first half was just like a big thing and then it mm-hmm. slowly slowly spread out yeah cooper i gave a ton of credit to she was trying everything to hold on to that group but yeah you know doing the that in the semis uh, uh, earlier was 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 tough but yeah cranny mm-hmm. schweizer schneider that that team makes sense mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about those same people when we preview the next four days before i do that let's talk about these american records and world records this will be the musical interlude that bridges the gap between the first four days and the second four days ryan krauser i even when he was on his run last year i, I didn't think 23 meters was possible then he throws 23 this year, and I think, is he going to – he still has to get another 10 centimeters or so. Is he going to be able to do that? And then he – in his first, like, real, real, real competition in terms of, you know, high stakes because everything else has been pretty much practice over the last couple of years, he goes 23-37 and just smashes this thing. Oof. And the best part was the reaction, Jason, as soon as yep. it leaves his hands. Yeah, that's so. – like, I, it, I guess it makes sense, but it's always, like, do they just know – from the from the release is oh, I've never seen the hands up though I've that's seen what I'm the, saying like yeah, yeah like that's it, it it was basically it was the the walk off home run you know where the dude just clearly got every bit of it yeah and like it's just just immediate just pandemonium like so awesome for him like it was just yeah good for him I well, mean, this... it, it's I yeah, same as you like I didn't necessarily think it was going to be doable as amazing as he was but then man he is just ridiculous. Speaking of bat flipping, and we mentioned Tim Layden's article earlier, if you haven't read it on NBC, and you should read it at the expense of quoting him too much, but he says, uh, uh, he then spun twice, this is about Krauser's throw, he spun twice across the circle and heaved, no, it was more graceful than that, flipped the 16-pound shot into the blue sky, he immediately raised both arms, Steph Curry dangling a fish hook, Fernando Tatis Jr. flipping his bat. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's exactly what I was picturing. So yeah. of course, right I away, say it right? Nearly as elegantly, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it was it was that's perfect. Fish hook is it described as a fish hook when you just keep? Your yeah, I've never really there? heard that before, but it makes it, sense. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. Like, what other word would you describe it? 
Yeah. It's... Like, like for example, if the Bucks, Drew Holiday, hit like just a <laughs> back-breaking three against the Nets and kept his hand up there, like, how would you describe that? Beautiful. I've run out of words. No, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, uh, Rudy, Rudy Winkler and the Hammer got the American record, 82.71. Should we just play the songs back-to-back? Have we ever done them back-to-back? I don't think we have, but let's do it. It's a world record The likes of which has never been seen It's a world record Highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved Wouldn't believe if I told you Go to YouTube and I'll show you Got results to verify will be ratified Well, it's a world record The likes of which has never been seen Well, it's a world record Highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved Well, it's a world record Well, it's a Did you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record, too. It was the best performance by an American citizen or a relay team composed of American citizens and an athletics event within the United States or abroad. Hey man, did you see that American record? Now let's move on to the next four days. Let's just start let's, with the, the five and the ten, just because we're going to flip men's five um, and women's ten. Mm, men's yeah. five, we'll, we'll go through these relatively quickly. Men's five, obviously no Lopez Lamong. You know, Kincaid, Fisher, and Klecker are back after qualifying. You have the addition of Chalimo. You have Emmanuel Bohr there. Ben True, can he oh, man. have a, a Cinderella story here and make it? And then you have Cooper Chair of Oregon, who ran 13-12, closing in 54 and change at the NCAA meet. I think now has a really good shot. And, I mean, Cole Hawker still entered. I, he's also in the 1500. I don't know if he's going to run the 5,000 as well, too. But, man, there's a lot of different ways this race can go and i feel good about chalimo but i I also could see cooper tier getting on the team and those those ten thousand meter guys are obviously fit right now yeah and i i wonder i mean i I guess they're gonna run um chalimo i feel really good about at least getting one of the three spots like if he finishes second fine but like i he's gonna get a spot I, i feel pretty good about but you're right i mean Hawker seems like he should run the 15. Yes. I agree. I, I, I just agree. wouldn't I wouldn't dip my toe into this because the it's it's slightly open but it's not that open. I wouldn't dip um, my toe into in this. the in the men's 5000 and it's been hot like it's just Yeah. Put I I put if I was him I would just go go all in on the 15 but but mm-hmm. here possible for sure. Yeah. I mean it's 
there's a whole bunch of guys like th- this this race i am <laughs> I, i'm really trying to trying to figure out like i want the the ten thousand guys in there because it'll just be that much deeper yeah. and more exciting but also if like one of them dropped out i'd be like okay i have a little more idea of what's going on now um <laughs> and then the women's and then the women's uh women's ten thousand to I mean, you got you have the addition of sisson there and yes. you have the you have the addition of Enfeld in that race, and people like Alicia Monson are going to be in there. Sarah Hall could make it interesting, and then you have again the the three ten k runners coming back with Cranny, Schweizer, and Schneider. Yeah, again, I mean it's these races are very very similar. Like mm-hmm. I'm like yeah, Sisson's going to make it. Like he, the Cholimo. Um, situation. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, what what's happening with these ten thousand or the five thousand women who are running the ten thousand? Um, because yeah, I mean, this I is mean, Schweizer's better event. Yeah, this yeah, is the honestly. one she made the world championship team, and this is the one where she ran the second fastest time in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so if you have both, I mean, if if Cranny Schweizer Sisson, you know, because like I really like Infeld in this race too, but like if all of those women are in there too, that's going to make it really, really tough. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think if, if both races stay loaded, like these are going to be brutal to get the top three. Like they are, you know, both of them are six, seven, 10K. Sorry. 10 K is five K is one where she's the the better event. Okay. Yeah. I I I flipped that in my head. No, no. But either way, this is the 10,000. This one where they're in 25 laps. Oh, so it's it's twice as many. Yes. Yes. Um, makes sense why Emily Sisson would be in this one. And yes. Uh, so yeah, I think if, you know, if they, if all the fives and tens from both sides stay in it, you have like yeah. six or seven people for both. And that's just going to be, I mean, I could make picks, but what, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> Cholimo, Sisson. There you Fill go. in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I think Sisson on paper, I guess on paper, when you say that phrase in track and field, it just means the entry time, but right track times like and and what they've done recently you'd say okay well cranny and schweizer are going to be solid and you know schneider can come back and get it done as well too but i just the idea of giving sisson another opportunity to make a team i think she's going to take advantage of it um, i do too steeple's kind of wide open now that calling quickly scratch for the final spot i mean frerichs and coburn and then we don't know men's steeple's gonna be interesting sean mcgordy almost didn't get through because his shoe came off and then you had to Stop for a while and put it back on, but he was the last qualifier in. And Conserving, smart. He's gonna be <laughs> yeah, a little he had, fresher. He had to close in sixty one. He took a break. He did. He did two. He did two by fifteen hundred meter steeple with uh, ten seconds rest. Uh, men's fifteen and women's eight. We're going to work down in distance here. Men's fifteen and women's eight. I think. I mean, after seeing Brazier, you don't really count anybody as a sure thing in either of these events. I. I mean, and then you start to rethink. What are we basing these favorite status favorite statuses on? Now, I mean, Central looked good, right? He ran that good fifteen hundred. He did that workout with the eight hundreds. I th- I still think he's going to be fine, but you can't be surprised if if something changes. And Engels is obviously good enough, right there. We've seen a bunch of guys run sub three thirty five this year. You have the Collegians and Nagus and Hawker. You got the high schooler and Hobbs Kessler. So insane. You got Josh Thompson Fourth there. Time listed. Yeah. Yeah. This one is, I don't know if I think I said, I don't think I said this on 
this podcast because we didn't preview this before. But usually I'm not as excited. I, I put other events ahead of the men's 1500 on the yeah. distance side of things. But this year I'm more excited. It's so open. It's yeah, insane. for for US and just so many different people coming from different directions in in this event. And Centro is obviously not a a lock. I he's my pick to win. And maybe this will end up being Centro Angles Josh Thompson and then right. I'll think, "Oh, okay, whatever." But there's also a scenario where you get one or two collegians on the team or a high schooler on the team or there's a a massive upset. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very excited to watch this one. No, absolutely. It's, it's, it's probably the most open, uh, event across the board right right Mm -hmm. now. Like the men's 15, I I don't know if there's, like I said, I expect Centro to make the team. Like I, I would pick him to win, but only because you have to pick someone. Like I wouldn't give him that high of a chance of winning, but I'd give him a pretty high chance of making the team. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, as far as picking like the others, you're right. It could it could go pretty chalky, but I don't think it will. Though there's going to be at least one surprise in there, if not more. Um, despite the the men's 800 kind of biting us, I still Wilson and Mo are locks in my opinion. Um, but the third spot is is a little more open for sure. So that's and I honestly Wilson and Mo squaring off yeah. will be as exciting as seeing who makes the third spot. Yeah, two two stories there. I mean, you don't want to take anything for granted, but you'd think they would get top two just because of how they've been running. But should, should. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what the prelims. We'll be able to read the tea leaves with the prelims. We'll be like, oh, no, is another person hurt or had issues? Uh, men's foreign hurdles, I mean, it's going to be the Ryan Benjamin show. It, it'll it be fun to watch Sean Barella of LSU, who ran sub 48, winning the title in Eugene a couple weeks ago, to see if he can continue that. And then the third spot's wide open. Women's foreign hurdles. Uh, the prelims are going to be interesting for Muhammad. Yeah. Just to see. I mean, we, we know where Sydney's at because she runs the 52. We have a good feeling about Little, but just to know where Muhammad's at, I want to be able to see that 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 prelim. Yeah. I mean, and just getting Muhammad McLaughlin anytime is, is uh, special because we don't get to see that very often. Spencer Little competing for that fourth, uh, third spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's. That's always going to be great, and yeah, yeah, I mean, hopefully we see Muhammad just kind of pick up where she is, or most of what where where she left, and then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be awesome because how could it not be? Yeah, I think Little is closer to second than she is to fourth at this point, but we shall see. We shall see. Should should be. Uh, yeah, I mean, fifty three one. What's yeah. that on the what's? I mean, Cockrell is closer. To, Spencer hasn't put down anything like that this year. No, not saying it can't come, but. Little but it's it, there's like literally no one else outside of those four, so at least uh, maybe yeah, I'd say third spot. But pro- I mean, yeah, Co- probably not. Cockrell's like at fifty four mid, and yeah, but that's like, such a huge gap. That's crazy. Well, but Spencer and then Anderson is at fifty five mid, but Spencer's run fifty five fifty two. That's that's her season. Wow, season best. I I want to wait to make my pick until after the prelim. On that one. <laughs> like, I'm gonna do allowed? it halfway through the race. Yeah, I'm going to do it at halftime. Uh, can I put some money down? Uh, men's high hurdles, Grant, 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 probably. And then Devin Allen has been really solid this year. I don't yeah, know. It's, the, no one's, it I mean, Roberts? Holloway's clearly the favorite, but like, I feel like then it's a, like I said, Allen's been good, but there's a whole bunch of guys here who could run 13 1, 13 2. Yeah. Like a whole bunch of guys. 
who could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprised Roberts hasn't been better, but yeah. I mean, he's still super young and like wouldn't surprise me if he obviously if makes the team wouldn't be surprising at all, but hopefully he can get back to where he's pushing Holloway. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't even know who to pick for that team. It's been, we don't, I feel like we haven't seen them all. Like usually you see the high hurdle guys square off like seven times yeah. a year and it just hasn't been as much as uh, so far. All right. Let's go to 200 now. This this is interesting because if we don't get Richardson or Felix, then who do we have left? So you're just looking at the entry list here. Cambria Sturgis didn't make it uh, after running that that ten uh, seven at NCAA's. She did not. She didn't make the final in the in the hundred. She ran 11.05 in the semis and went out. So she's coming back, but what type of form is she in? She obviously has the ability to qualify. Tamara Clark didn't make it out of the first round. She's the number two seed on here. Angie Nellis, her time, I think, comes from two years ago, and she hasn't been as good as she was. In. She was amazing in 2019, but hasn't been there. Gabby Thomas looked real good in the in the 100. She was fifth. Do I have that right in the 100? I think. Yeah. Um I think she might be yeah fifth. She runs she runs eleven fifteen, and was in the mix. Ran a really solid race. Brittany Brown, who medaled at uh, in in so Doha, the stuff. surprise medal. Anavia Battle, who was a solid collegiate runner. Prandini looked pretty good in the hundred, too. So I'm like leaning now. I mean, Prandini was fourth. That's like an underrated fourth. It for, is for Prandini, and she's a two. She's more of a two hundred than a hundred. Yeah. Desiree Bryant, Kennedy Flannel, Lena Irby coming back at the 400, then Tiana Daniels, Kayla White. It, if Felix ran this race, she could make it. And I wonder if she's yeah. going to try to go for it just to keep the options open because, I mean, if you get to, if you get to Tokyo, you want to have as many possibilities as possible. But as it is right now, I, th- I think, I think we could see like a, you know, a Thomas Prandini or Prandini Thomas one, two in this one. Yeah, it's, I feel like I mean one of these college women is going to sneak through. It's, there's so many of them. It's yeah, like, they just struggled in the hundred, though. Yeah, they did, and it's like I like is somebody just going to have the right day? But I agree. I, I mean, I I trust. Prandini's done this feels like a hundred times. Like yeah. Thomas looks good. Brown's a medalist. Like, how do we? So like, yeah, give me give me two of them, and then give me one of these college women who I I can't even pick because I don't know. Well, it just seems like once it's trending and wonder, it's like with Brazier and people are like run the fifteen hundred. It's like, it's like eh. he's not ready. It's yeah, the, sh- the, sh- the sh- you know if 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 you're going in that direction, it's not it's not good. Now, battle would be interesting because battle finished, or she has the seventh best time in the world right now. Brittany Brown's season best is actually the same as Prandini's. So maybe you're right. Maybe we shouldn't count her out. Maybe it's going to be a Thomas Prandini Brown in some order. I mean that would finish. be that would be chalk, even though they're not <laughs> they're fourth, fifth, and seventh in the seed times in the world this year. But yeah, um, I mean, listen, if this was if track was like taking the next step, this would be Felix versus Richardson, right? As a note, yeah. I mean that would be a no brainer of a race you'd want to see because it would be two people now that people know, right? Because <laughs> you said your wife knows Shakira Richardson now and. Allison Felix is one of the few that's broken through in the mainstream in the United States. Like that's what you'd want to see. And it would get built, you know, be get get built up as the 
past versus the the future, and it would be oversimplified. And of course, Richardson should be the favorite based on how yes. she's running the hundred, and it would not be that surprising. But there'd be a passing of the torch moment, and people would write about it. But it's track, so it's not going to happen. We're not going right. to actually get that moment. But that's that's what this should be, and that would be awesome. Yeah. No, but it's. Still, yeah, it'll be interesting because it's really wide open. I guess men's 15 and women's two are, are two of the most open events uh, in the whole thing. All right. It's fitting that we're going to close with the men's 200, and I will let you talk about this as it is your favorite event, and it's been your favorite event for a decade despite much heartache. <laughs> yeah, it really has. It's It hasn't necessarily been good to me, but I still love it. Um, I mean, Noah Lyles is Noah Lyles, but, man, I just – he he was he was the simplest pick to make a team both because of his talent and because of the lack of talent in the 200 in the world not even just in the US mm-hmm. and now you've got Laird you've got Benaric you've got Curly those three i mean all have i mean Laird Benaric we've seen the 198s Curly i just can't imagine a scenario where he's not at least pretty good at this mm-hmm. um and Lyles is still should be the favorite, but man, I am I just don't know what to what to expect from him. He's I, I just don't know because he <laughs> he's run nine eight multiple times in the past years. He's run the hundred so many times. And it's one thing if he ran it two or three times and he kept running ten oh. But to do it and like mm-hmm. to kind of focus on it. And Yeah. Uh, he's just he hasn't looked the same um i'm hoping his twitter uh, prediction is correct it's going to be disgusting that's that's what i want to see i want to see vintage lyles and then i want to see him you know dancing and doing his thing because uh tracks better when that's the case yeah i think as i said before there's there's four people here racing for three spots five if norman gets in there which would be awesome i mean that would be amazing yeah even if he, even he, I want to see it. Even if he doesn't do it in in Tokyo, uh, I don't think he will. But that'd be that'd be great to see it. But yeah, I think this is going to be a question of Lyles' curve. If I had to boil it down to something so simple, okay. I think it, it's just a matter of how well he runs that first hundred. Because you saw in uh, at Mount Sac, he caught Kenny B late. Uh, I think that was Mount Sac, uh, or the one Marquis, the one good two hundred he ran this year. I think it was the only 200 he ran outdoors, actually. Is that right? What's his What's his season look like for the 200? I think there was only one other. There was an indoor 200 and then one outdoor Yeah, that's 200. it, 99. Okay, so he caught Kenny B late. Yeah. And when you were looking, they were showing all that data on the NBC broadcast. Like, Lyles is, like, closing the fastest. I don't know if you saw that. Otto was breaking down the acceleration and all different phases of the race. And Lyles is closing fast, which, okay, it's not a surprise. He's going to close <laughs> faster than everybody. He needs to be able to close fast. So it, if, he can run a, if he can run a solid curve and, and be in position, I think he'll be able to, to pull it off. The thing is, is he's not chasing 20.1 guys. <laughs> right. He's, he's, now he's chasing a, a Bednarik who's run sub-10, and has run sub-20, well under sub-20. He's chasing Terrence Laird, who's run sub-10, and has run well under sub-20. He's run sub-25 times this year. Yeah, and his 100 is is wind-aided, whatever. Right. He's but run he's, a 10-0-5. Yeah, he's, he's 10, 10, he's 10 is probably, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. 
he's got sub ten potential. If he gets him in the right race, like if you run nine point eight zero with a plus three point two, right? I, I don't. Know, I'll get the calculator out later, but I think you're. I think you're good for a, at least a sub ten in in two point Don't quote me on that wind truthers, but so I think that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing to watch. And even if he's behind, he's not completely out of it. But mentally, you know, how does he how does he respond if he's in a deficit if he's behind? three people 100 meters into the race curly obviously is the wild card because yeah. there could be he could just have issues with the curve and that's why he's only been able to run 20.2 he also hasn't run it that much so that's another yeah. reason why he has maybe only run 20.2 uh but i think if Cur- curly and lyle's last hundred is gonna be interesting because you have lyle's who's a great closer and then you have curly who obviously is going to be good in the back half of the race mm-hmm. based on based on the fact that he's a terrific 400 meter runner so i think that's 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 what my eyes are going to be on in this race i'd be surprised if someone outside those four other than norman factors in you know they got the high schoolers there as well too in Knighton, and uh i think is jalen slade coming back after yeah jalen slade is still entered he pulled up in the in the hundred but appears he didn't get hurt but I would be surprised if it's anybody outside those, those, those guys I just mentioned. Yeah, I agree. It's man, yeah, it's 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 really tough. I was trying to think because I'm like I'm I'm not going to pick against Lyles despite everything mm-hmm. else. I think he will get in the top three at the very least. I'm, I'm not <laughs> convinced he's going to win. I hope he does because that means he's he's looking like himself. Um, but I'm not convinced he's going to win. But he'll, he'll finish top three. And then I'm like going through Laird and Bednarik. Trying to see, like, can I eliminate one of these guys? Like, do they have any weaknesses that I can see? And I'm, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. They've run extremely well. Yeah. And then I picked against, not against Fred Curley, but I didn't pick him to to make the 100 team. Um, and the dude's coming off, you know, running sub 10 five straight times. Yeah. And we know he's got 43 speed. And I'm like, do I want to pick against that guy? So uh, who would you pick if you had to pick three? Yeah, that's, that's so... <laughs> Man, I am I'm having a real hard time. I'm gonna go with Lyles, Bednarik, and Curly. I'm gonna double down. I'll do the same top two as you, and then I'll put Laird in that third spot. Yeah, which I, I how do I'm I gonna double down on being wrong? I mean, like I said, he's he's done sub twenty five times this year, yeah. including nineteen eight multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's had. I mean. The only thing I get that uh, looking at this is like the dude has run a ton of races. Yeah. Um. But he, you know, even uh, he ran nineteen nine four in a slight headwind, um, just over a week ago. Yeah. For NCAA's. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like he's hit the wall that I that that we can tell anyway. So. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Laird makes it. Uh, this is just one of those where there's four people for three spots, and sometimes that's the case, and it and it sucks, but it's uh the way it is. Yeah. All right. Well, we touched on all the running events in the last four days. We'll be back in a a week or so to recap. But actually, sooner than a week, probably about six days. So we want to know what you think about the meet, houseofrunnergmail.com, or any other international goings-on that we should be keeping tabs on because Jason are pretty laser-focused on the trials. And, of course, laser-focused on what's going on in the Deer District. Congrats to our Bucks, who are now eight wins away from an NBA title. You know, they were down 0-2. To the Nets. They were down 3-2 to the Nets. They kept fighting. They kept persevering. They kept digging in. Giannis 
suffered some bad headlines throughout the series. Didn't matter. Brought nope. it when it mattered the most. Um, do feel bad for the Nets, though. They're the first NBA team ever to have injuries in the playoffs. So their loss actually <laughs> doesn't count, according to most of the mainstream NBA media. Just a, just a plucky group of underdogs, those Nets. They, they couldn't thought? catch a break. This crappy bunch was able to push the Bucks to the brink of elimination. <laughs> Come on, man. Milwaukee, we're with you. We believe. Got to figure out a way to sh- slow down the Hawks now, though. Hawks are Hawks are red hot. Hawks are like a seven seed in the NCAA tournament, just making that run into the lead eight. Yeah, got to figure out a way to this butler stop is the right momentum. there, and you're like, oh man, this is yeah, this is tough. Exactly. All right, that's it for today's episode. Again, houseofrun.gmail.com is the email address. If you're out at the meet, too, send us an email. Let us know what the ambiance is like out there, uh, and we'll be back in a couple days. Talk to you guys then. Jessica Ennis. Fear the deer.